0: I always like people to know that the more space that you have, that it's easier to work in. So it also gives you extra space for new ideas to come. Welcome
1: to School for Writers, where we help you ditch that starving, tortured artist cliche and thrive. No more struggling over whether your story is good enough or wondering if your voice deserves to be heard. It's time to step into the power of telling your story to the world. I'm your host, Lauren Marie Fleming, and I am a book obsessed, queer, fat, witchy, divinely loud woman. And I know what it's like to have society tell you to sit down and shut up. But I'm here to tell you that you've been silenced for far too long. School for Writers was created to help you push through doubt and fear so you can stop procrastinating and start writing. Because the world needs your story now more than ever. Welcome to School for Writers. Let's get to it. After 2020, I know that a lot of us can be a little nervous about setting some goals for 2021. Heck, this year's already been kind of a crazy wild year, right? Well, here's the deal you still deserve to create time and space in your life for your dreams. This is your year to write your book, to journal daily, to go back to that ritual that you used to have of journaling or writing, whatever it was. I know that the world seems like it is on fire right now, but you still deserve to carve out some time in your life for writing, which is why I have created for you the Write More Challenge for 10 minutes a day for just 10 days, 10 minutes a day for 10 days, that's totally doable, right? I'm gonna help you create the physical and mental space that you need in your life to write. Don't put your writing dreams off for any longer, not because of a pandemic, not because you're busy, not because of anything. Your dreams, they deserve space in your life. And I wanna help you carve that space out. So check it out at writemorechallenge.com. Hello and welcome to School for Writers Season 2. Woohoo! We are in our second season, and if you haven't listened to Season 1, you still have time to go back and binge listen to all of it. But what we're super excited to offer you here on this season is we're going to delve deeper and deeper into how you can write more publish more and make more money off of your writing. We are here to help you ditch that tortured artist cliche and thrive as a writer, as a storyteller, whether you are someone who is just a weekend journaler or whether you want to write that great American novel, or you just wanna put a book out into the world because it's been something you've wanted to do forever. Maybe you wanna write more poetry. Maybe you want to put a book out to help build your entrepreneur life and your business. Whatever your writer goals are, we are here to support you in writing more, publishing more, and making more money. Now, before you can actually get to the writing and publishing and making money part, which all sounds really fun, You need to do some serious soul-searching into like, what's your writing ritual look like? What is your space look like? How are you going to set yourself up for success in 2021 to write your friggin' book already, to journal every day, to have a writing ritual, to publish more, to make more content for your book? How are you going to write more? How are you going to create a space to write more? How are you going to create a physical space in your life? How are you gonna carve out time in your calendar? How are you gonna do that? Well, today we're gonna focus on the actual space, the physical space around you that you need to write. And I have noticed in my life that when you have a lot of clutter, when you don't have an actual space that is yours creatively, when you're surrounded by stuff, then it can be really difficult to actually get your butt to write. Sometimes I used to sit down in a crowded cluttered desk and I would just spend the whole time trying to clean it or I'd feel guilty or there'd be things in the way I literally couldn't put my stuff down and I'd have to move stuff out of the way. So that is why I brought on Jen Rayo to talk with us today. Jen helps others clear clutter in an intentional and enjoyable way and inspire you to believe that you can do it. Jin Rayo is a minimalist home organizer who specializes in clutter clearing and its magical benefits. Y'all know how much I love my witchy magicalness, the magical benefits of clutter clearing. She helps her clients create peace in their lives through clearing their mind, home, and spirit. Y'all, I'm here for this. I'm so here for this. In 2017, Jen downsized her life and now lives in a renovated fifth wheel RV. After traveling full time for two years, she settled in Squamish, BC, where she continues to share her fresh, approachable take on clearing space to live with intention. You can find her work at clearyourlife.ca and connect with her on Instagram. And we're about to have a whole masterclass on how to clear your space for creativity together. So y'all need to listen because this this changed me. (laughs) This changed me. I learned about zones. I learned about how I need to maybe use some more tape to tape off some places. I learned about how I need to make it easy to put things away. I've been focusing on making it easy to find things, but what about putting them away? make it easy to put things away. And I realized that by investing some time in clearing a creative space, I can tell myself, my world, the universe, my spirit, whatever I believe in, God, the universe, spirituality, my family, myself, my psyche, my subconscious, that creativity matters to me, that writing matters to me. Clearing a writing space shows everything, everyone, every ounce of your DNA that writing is important to you. So. We're starting the new year with clearing space for writing, clearing an intentional space for you to spend 2021 writing. I'm super excited to share this with you. Jen is gonna show you how and make it guilt-free, shame-free and really easy. So I am beyond excited to bring you this episode with Jen Rayo on clearing physical space out to help you write. Hello, Jen. We are so excited to have Jen Rayo here on the podcast talking with us about the importance of clearing your space. And uh, Jen, I'm going to have you introduce yourself in a little bit. I just did a formal introduction, but I want to say this is actually a really hard topic for me because I come from a long line of hoarders Mm -hmm. and I come from a a mess, a mess around me. It looks real good on screen, but around me, it's a mess. So I'm excited. This is something that I personally want to learn a lot about. So I'm excited to have you on. So why don't you tell us all a little bit about who you are before I start fangirling out on this
0: idea that you're (laughs) going to help me declutter my writing space. Tell us a little bit about who you are. Okay. Well, it's integral to my story and I'm so glad that you led with that. I have really great news. I come from a long line of hoarders. as well. Woohoo! There's hope uh, for us right. yet. Yeah, yes, yes. So it's a big part of my backstory is that like I was not raised to be an organized person. I shopped a lot. I collected a lot. I, I had messy apartments. I had all of the things. I had the frustrations and losing things and not getting promotions at work and thinking that like I should be doing better than this. And then when I discovered minimalism and decluttering, it was like everything fell into place, truly. So that's like, and that's why people love working with me too, in person, especially because I'm just like, oh yeah, I get it. I totally get it. So it's not like this thing that you have to be born with. And I really want to make sure that everyone hears that. So I'll say it one more time. You do not have to be born organized. You can absolutely learn and take small steps every day to become more organized. I love that. You do not have to be born organized. I'm writing it down in my notes.
1: First things first.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I'm a travel lover. I'm a Canadian. I live in Squamish, BC right now. Uh, My husband and I downsized our lives in 2017 and traveled full time for two years. We lived in 112 square feet and we've now upgraded to 300 square feet so I live in a fifth wheel which is much larger than my first home on wheels and just really having a playful time with life a big part of it for me was being able to let go of things and be able to keep a clear space and that's absolutely why I'm helping others do it now too.
1: I love that. Okay. Again, goals, goal to be like an organized person, (laughs) a minimalist and goals to live. Like I have an RV and my goals are to live in it. So that's going to have to be a whole other podcast, like how to travel in an RV. Mm
0: -hmm. But
1: first I'd love to know for the listeners, not for me and my personal goals of living in an RV. We'll have that, (laughs) we'll have that conversation offline. So I'm going to just start. I have a lot of questions for you, but I want to just start with this first one. Why does it even matter that my space as a creative is clear? I have been writing for, I'm 38 years old and I've been writing since I was eight. I, that's, that's however many years, three decades of, that's why I'm a writer, not a mathematician. That was an easy <laughs> math. And I couldn't do it. That's three decades of me writing in complete mess. <laughs> and I've, mm-hmm. you know,
0: it's, it's kind of worked. Um, yep. Why does it matter um, that my space is clear? I always like people to know that the more space that you have, that it's easier to work in. So it also gives you extra space for new ideas to come. When I work with people in their home offices, there's often a case of um, wanting to hold on to like many, many notebooks and every single idea that's ever you know, popped into their head, and there's honestly this like unspoken fear around letting go of ideas. In case you, you know, maybe like you let go of the big one, but what always happens once people trust me and trust themselves and actually clear away some space is they actually find it so much easier to focus and to produce really great content. So there, there's no doubt in my mind that you're have been writing fabulous things uh, throughout your whole writing career. I just firmly believe that it can come even easier if you can focus and not have to search for things. And I, I just honestly think that having less things around you is easier. Like think about when you go camping, you know, and you only have that one set of dishes or you only have, you know, that one book that you brought to read and consider it back towards your home where you might have to dig to find things like it brings up frustrations like even if you're not cognizant of it I think that like minimizing your possessions is like the cheat code to being organized and then that also boosts your confidence so it's like it's all connected truly
1: yeah
0: that was a big answer but I (laughs) I loved it you
1: brought up a couple (laughs) things digging to find things brings up frustration I think that that's so real because if you can't (laughs) And that's one of the reasons why I just leave everything everywhere because if it's mm-hmm. out on the floor, I can find it. Mm-hmm. And there's like a joke that the if I can't find it, it's because I put it away where it's supposed to be. I have noticed that when I love that you brought up when you go camping, because when I do take off, I am a COVID cliche. I bought an RV <laughs> because I'm so used to taking off and going six weeks or eight weeks to a cabin in the woods, to a place in Mexico, to a rented location that's clear of everything. Mm-hmm. And all I bring is my book and my work. And I take clients from there, but that's it. I don't bring any of the other baggage. I don't bring any stuff. I try to keep the limited amount of clients during those times to do it. And so during COVID, I haven't been able to do that. So I got an RV. And when I take it out, there's no distractions. There's not a million different things around me in my life. And I think about how. Getting away from distractions, going to a coffee shop, going outside in my backyard, going in the RV, even going to a friend's house, all these things I used to do a lot. But like even outside, even changing rooms makes a huge difference in my productivity. So I can only imagine that, and I'm like the least distractions, turn off the Wi-Fi, turn off the stuff. But I don't really think about that as stuff as being a distraction too. I'm used to like get off social media, turn off your Wi-Fi, focus. I'm not used to there's piles of things
0: around me they're affecting my focus too okay so imagine that you have a pile in your workspace that's on the ground right now and you've been meaning to put it away for two weeks the energy around it is that even if you're working on your work anytime that you glance over at that pile it's going to bring up feelings of procrastination of regret possibly of guilt and it just, it can all happen in a fleeting second. And that's the thing about when these piles grow around us, is it almost becomes like a blanket of those negative feelings. And that's why a big reason why clearing the space and having the ability to focus, because you don't have all of these little emotions being triggered, whether whether you realize it or not, that's also, I think, such an interesting part of it. Like you're just, you know, you go through your day working but that could be happening over and over again, you know, or if you keep something that has a bad memory tied to it, same thing, like you glance over and you see, and it's like, oh, you know, and like, you just go about your day, but that those little bits over and over and over again, really add up.
1: Yeah, that's so interesting. You bring that (laughs) up because I have this like, pile right here that I keep of things that need to be recycled that can't be in the regular recycling. Mm -hmm. And I beat myself up all the time because I haven't figured out where to recycle like these batteries or this can of paint. And it just keeps getting bigger of all these things that I don't want to just put in the trash because they're toxic, but I can't. And every time I look at it, I was like, God, I should really deal with that. Mm -hmm. Oh, I should really deal with that. Oh, I should really deal with that. And I hadn't really thought about how this pile of recycled things affects my like, psyche. Every time I sit, it's right next to my business. So every time I sit down, I have a small space for my office and I see that pile of batteries that needs recycling. Like that sets me up when I sit down to work, when I sit down to write, when I sit down to coach my writing clients, when I sit down to write my books, it affects me. And I hadn't Mm -hmm. even thought about that as you were talking. was like, Oh my God, I have that pile
0: (laughs) right here next to me. Yep. Yeah. It's that feeling of being behind. So you're sitting down to do your work for the day. And then if you glance at that pile, it's like, oh, I'm already behind, you know, and it just it really, really can add up with um without us realizing it. Yeah.
1: So where do you even start? I mean, I I've started a little bit. I'm not like 101. I've been really, I mean, I have move a lot. So this is the thing for me. I moved since I was 18, I moved every single year. And so I just got rid of everything each time I moved. And the last time I did a major move, I only could fit everything into my Subaru and that included my dog had to have room and I had to have room. So I really had brought nothing with me and that felt so good. And now I've lived with my sister for five years and I started gaining stuff again. And totally. I just keep being like, <laughs> I have to move to begin to get rid of my stuff. So in my head, the only way to get rid of everything is to move. And even this weekend, I was like, okay, imagine that you're moving out, you're moving to New York city in a tiny little apartment. And you can only bring a suitcase with you. What are you taking with you? So for me, there's only like that psychological, I am forced to clean. Mm-hmm. What is that, what does that healthily look like <laughs> when you're
0: trying to make that first step like you're not being forced to clean? Like how do you force yourself to clean? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, before even getting into the physical work of removing the clutter, I always get my clients and audience to think about like what do you what do you want your space to look like and mm-hmm. what do you want it to feel like? And I was very excited to see how much you talk about journaling. Because this could be a huge piece of your journal practice. And I love to tell the story that, well, I've already said, so I wasn't, I, I am not the woman that was like, oh, when I was three, I was organizing everyone's spaces. Like, it's just not me. But the other thing too, is that when I started on this journey for myself, I was getting really, really deep into my journal practice. And so I did some scripting and some future visioning of like, how do I want my life to feel? What do I want it to look like? And I would write about it a little bit every day. And the journaling alone also is a daily habit. So it's, you know, instilling that confidence and doing something and keeping up with it. But I love to have people write out like, what do you want your space to look like? How do you want to feel when you wake up? What will it mean to you to have this space cleared to really build up so much motivation within before you even start, honestly. Because I think that sometimes people... You get to a point where you're just really frustrated and you're like, that's it, this weekend, I'm decluttering my whole house and you start moving things around and it's really easy. Uh, it, it almost always happens that you make a bigger mess before it gets better, but it's really easy to get stuck in that big mess spot because then you get tired, didn't really have a plan you're just like, oh, and then it's over and you, know, you haven't made the progress that you wanted to make. So I always suggest you know, getting really clear on why you're doing it, seeing the end result before you've even created it, and then taking like really small steady steps. So I think that there's many, many different decluttering and organizing methods out there. Some are very extreme, some less so. And I think that they all work for different reasons. And it really just depends on the person. So what I teach is what worked for me, which was in the beginning, just doing small areas and starting with what's something easy that I can do? What's something that I can do that takes you know, 10 minutes or under an hour that doesn't involve anything that has a sentimental attachment. Like you don't want to get yourself worked up and then stuck on this, you know, are, are you going to donate something that your grandma gave you, right? Like what, building the momentum. And so honestly, I think a great place to start for you would be those batteries.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. That I was, That very was like, yeah, yeah, those batteries <laughs> are
1: probably very, a good
0: place to start. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because it's building the muscle, right? Like every little bit helps, and doing, doing the projects in the same steps each time also really helps. So I teach people to do the same four steps, although it can be adapted to the different areas that you're in. So I love that you brought up
1: that you start you make a bigger mess when you try. That was my weekend. I was like, okay, cool. I'm gonna clear clutter out. I'm talking to Jen. (laughs) <laughs> I got to clear some clutter. There's an eclipse yeah. you're supposed to clear out. Right. And I oh, had yeah. these plans for clearing my house on Monday during the eclipse and just clearing everything. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, I started with just one section of my room and that section looked really good. And then I, when I finished that, I was exhausted emotionally mm-hmm. and everything that it brings up. And I, I didn't do anything else. And I felt like a total loser, like a slacker that I hadn't done all the whole house. And so right. I love that you just mm-hmm. gave permission to start with oh, yeah. that one <laughs> section because that one section now looks really good and it feels good. And now I want to do that to other sections, but That's it. I am, I was beating myself up for not having done the batteries in the corner. So <laughs> um, I love that you were like, okay, start small 10 minutes or less and not emotional.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's, it sounds really good in marketing to be like, clear your whole house in two weeks or less. Like I could have never done that. And I, I don't know, like maybe other people can, but that's, well, just that like... sounds
1: like people who started with a clean house.
0: <laughs> it's going to take a
1: couple yeah. months around these parts. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. I mean, the decision making takes, takes a while. And I, I, I'll just repeat myself. It's a muscle that you build like every time that you make a firm decision on if you're going to keep something or not, like that you get better and better at it. And it's really about that steady momentum of continuing to do so. Yeah. So, cause what you described to me that you did on the new moon, I'm like, yeah, like I am cheering for you huge. Like that's a really big deal. That's the other thing. We're so hard, hard on ourselves. We never think we're doing enough and we need to be so kind to ourselves in this process. Cause it's not easy. It's just not easy. It can be easier and you can build things into the routine to make it feel more easeful. But it's not just like turning on a switch and then, oh, easy. I don't believe in that.
1: I think I've always wanted to be one of those people who just turned on the switch and they like, I have so much shame over being somebody who had a room full of crap as a kid, Mm -hmm. um, or who didn't prioritize this before as an adult. Like, I feel like I'm a child if I have a dirty room Mm. and that, and how does that like play into other parts? So I love that you brought up that it's not, it's not just about the stuff. It's not always easy. Like there's so much. I also think How many, my mother's love language is gift giving. So if you get rid of something she gave you, you are getting rid of her love. And mm-hmm. how hard it can be, I often start with like all these things she got me that I don't want, but how, but like start with easier stuff. I thought about that. I was like, oh yeah, of course I should start with this thing my mom gave
0: me that is loaded. Whereas this pile <laughs> of batteries is probably mm-hmm. a really good place to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, if you start with a pile of batteries and within, in a few months, say, you know, you get to that point where you're at some of the gifts that your mom gave you, like you will be a very different person by then and have a very different viewpoint point um you'll also have seen change you know i find that the change that you see in consistently working on clearing your life and your home like really builds that momentum of keeping going and it makes things easier like gifts so but that yeah. that's about as hard as it gets right like gifts are things passed passed down to you truly so don't start there you don't need to be there yet it's not time i <laughs> don't need to be there yet i'm
1: writing that down i don't need to get rid of that <laughs> random pile of things we won't give me yet I love that. No. Uh, so, you mentioned that you have like a system that you have people go through. Is that mm-hmm. something that you can share with us or is that sure. complicated? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, no. Oh, I try and make everything as
0: easy as possible. Love yeah. it. I love yeah. it. Okay. These so, uh, <laughs> and systems, that is my favorite. Right. Now. <laughs> so, it's four steps and they all start with C. So, you collect, clear, commit, and complete. So like you did in, in your room, you chose one small area. I think it's really important, especially when you're building the muscle with this, that you choose an area that you're like, I'm confident I can finish what I'm starting. So for some people that might be, you know, a pencil case. And for other people, it might be their dresser. Like, you know, there's a range of of how much you could get done depending on your energy level, the time of the month, like there's so many different reasons that you might do more or less. We always start with collecting. So you take everything out of whatever space that you've chosen, everything, so that before you put it back in, it's blank and you're cleaning it and really like giving that kind of energetic uh, once over that is like, you know, it's like it's, it's empty and it's ready to receive what you what you put back. So you collect and then clearing is when you're actually purging and deciding if you're going to keep it or not. And committing is for me the piece where I'm kind of bringing in uh, minimalism a little bit more and the idea that like what asking yourself what actions brought this space to where it is and what do I need to change in order for it to stay how I want it to stay? So I think that anyone can, you know, go around their house with a box and, you know, throw things into it and, and feel, feel good for a while, but like, yeah, I decluttered. But if you're not changing your habits and your actions, like the risk is that your space will just keep going back to the same state. So that's step number three. And I like people to think about it, like while they're in it, it could have to do with shopping. It could have to do with just your daily habits but that's number three and then four is complete so put it all back don't leave it for later have it be done whether it takes you 10 minutes or an hour or if you have more time on a weekend say two hours and just know that okay I got that done and that's how I work with my clients and it's interesting because you can do it on a micro and a macro scale right so we'll do those four steps going throughout their home office but then it kind of creates that journey in, in the whole space as well, if that makes sense.
1: It does make sense. And it makes sense that that would then feed your creativity. So as you're saying that I'm like, yeah, all four of these steps are practice that you would almost sit down to like create a character or create a novel Mm. or create a book or create a journal. Like you collect all the ideas, you clear Mm -hmm. everything out that doesn't need to be in it. You commit to one. Like this is very similar to how I tell people to choose a book title. You like- pull out all your ideas <laughs> put down clear the ones that don't work that don't work for you or don't work right now commit to one and complete that like how do you choose a book to write how do you choose a book title how do you choose what characters there's just like yep. you really so i could see how practicing this could help you in other areas of creativity like how much a procrastination is just clutter over the mind so if you mm-hmm. practice this with physical tangible things I could see how this could easily help with the less tangible clutter that's happening in your ideas and your creative mind.
0: Amazing. Well, and you know, whenever you have a system that you can stick to and not just any system, it has to be one that works for you, right? Like, I think sometimes we get like system envy. We're like, oh, I just wish that like I was that organ. there's organizers out there that like I will never behave like and I still have these little moments of like oh I wish you know if only everything in my life looked exactly like you know when they line everything up perfect like my drawers don't look like that but I know where everything is you know so it's a system that works for me and what you just said about you know taking it from how you coach writers to practicing it in with physical items it also like to, to bring it back to you. It's the idea that like you have these storylines from being a child, having a messy room, but you're this like badass woman who can take what you do in your coaching practice and apply it to clearing your home and your life. So cool.
1: Yeah. And and it's uh, one thing you just said, like, it makes me so happy to know that you don't have the perfectly organized Marie Kondo. Like to me, I think, okay, there's two options. There's mess Right. Or Marie right. Kondo. Yep. And I don't and like I don't mm-hmm. want to perfectly roll my, I'm never gonna be the person whose underwear drawer is like folded. I yep. don't see the point in folding my underwear mm-hmm. drawer, but that doesn't mean that I have to have a pile of batteries next to me. Right. Like what where is that line? And I love that you brought up that choose a system that works for you. And mm-hmm. I love that you brought up that you're like not that perfect organizer, but you still know where everything is, which yep. I think. I don't currently always. Right. So I know yeah. in my business, like I, it's so interesting because in my business, I'm so organized. I have systems. I have details. Things are in the exact place. I know exactly where they are versus like the rest of my life is so mm. not organized. My sister makes fun of me. I'm so organized in my personal, I mean professional life. And in my room, it's just like clutter <laughs> central. Yeah. I don't know where anything is. Yeah. Uh, so I love the idea that you can take wherever it works for you and try to like, like I can do this when it comes to writing. I can't do
0: this when it comes to my bedroom. Although now I feel like I'm like, okay, I can do this. I can do yeah, this. I believe in you. I, it's so funny though. Cause I just think that, so the example of like folding everything perfectly to put in your dresser, like that's an organizing system that would make your life harder, not easier. So like, what does it look like for you to have organized drawers where you can find everything and you just feel good about getting dressed? You know, like I just, there's so many nuances to not have to follow one star professional organizer. Exactly. Like, I don't know. I, it should make your life easier, not harder. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the idea of having this,
1: that is like, it's funny how that was such a relief to hear you say that because I'm like, Oh God, I can still be organized and not like the full, not have to fold my undies. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why that one particular thing I'm like I'm never going to be and I feel like we I'm like I'm never going to be the person with that perfect house I don't want to live in that perfectly organized house Mm -hmm. like where everything has an exact spot and is all perfect and like with their lines but I also don't want to live in the clutter so like finding my balance where my balance is and I love that you started with journaling because I I don't think I've put enough personally, and I, I know a lot of my like clients, they they're used to organizing other parts of their life. They're not necessarily used to organizing the creative space. Mm-hmm. So one thing I have a question for you, because we have a program called a write more challenge. And one of the things I do is help people carve out people who are in small places, or they maybe have a large house, but they have lots of people living in it. How mm-hmm. do you carve out a, what would you suggest for carving <laughs> out an actual physical space? Like how big does it need to be? How can we actually carve out a physical Space in our life. I mean, you're living in a fifth
0: wheel. <laughs> yes, I think I'm talking to somebody exactly. who's living in a fifth wheel. For those who don't yeah. know what a fifth wheel is, you want to explain that? Sure. So it's a type of RV um, that you need a pickup truck to. It's like a trailer that, but it has like a nose that goes over the bed of a pickup truck, and it's it's 36 feet long. And we have uh, they're called slide outs, so we have 300 square feet. Um, it's adorable. It's like a sweet little apartment that we can take anywhere. But my my workspace, so I work from home when I'm not working with clients in their homes. So I use the kitchen table and, you know, the living room's right next to us and the bedroom's a couple steps away, you know, so um, I just, I totally get the small space thing. And what really works for me and what I would suggest is to have if you can, and this is where the minimizing and the only keeping what you really need on hand, especially in a very small space, will help. But if you can keep everything that can get tucked away in a nice bag so that you're actually bringing your office out and then taking it away. And so that when the office is away and safe in the bag and like, in, a, I keep mine in a cupboard when I'm not using it. But the idea is that like, I can kind of, you know, like turn off, work mode, and it moves into living mode. And that's where, you know, holding on to binders and binders and, you know, so many things, especially in a small space can be can be really tough. But, you know, I'm building a business on a 90 centimeter diameter table right now. And I haven't written a book, but I feel like I could write a book sitting here too. Yeah, it's
1: actually interesting because the smaller spaces I've had, the more organized I've been. Yeah, I live necessity, in, right? I live in a like I've lived in a tiny, tiny. I've lived in um, a tiny, tiny cabin, mm. and it was like one thing here, one thing there. Like everything was a one room studio. Whereas here, I now live with my sister in a three bedroom house, and it's like. I, I really believe that you your stuff, your collection of stuff expands to the size you're in. And it's actually, I think harder for me to have large space Than to have a small space because a small space, I personally am like, okay, cool. I can't buy anything where it's like, no, I'm like, well, I could kind of shove something more over in that corner over here. Mm -hmm. Um, So I love that idea though, especially because all of us are really working from home right now. There's a pandemic, but even when the pandemic's over, we'll probably have more people working from home. I built a business where I can work from anywhere on purpose. I love that idea of like work never ends. Then Mm -hmm. if you're living in your workspace, I love that idea of closing it up packing it up, putting it away. And Mm -hmm. I love the putting away because you know, it's done, but I love the idea. I always tell my clients come up with a ritual that tells your, your body, okay, this is writing time. So getting something out of a bag and setting it up and being like, okay, writing time. Like for Mm -hmm. me, it's tea and a bit of nature. If I'm in tea and nature, it's writing time. I have a target. I started, this is something I have started doing. I started making my bed as soon as I get up, getting out my, like I have this little lap table and putting that up and then my brain knows, okay, it's writing time. I'm only in my bed. The only thing I have to clear is my bed and this little table that I bring out. And then when writing time's over, I tuck it away. And I find that when I pull out the table, it's writing time. I got it from Target, it has yes. a little slide. It's writing time. So I'm trying personally. I love this. Like, I'm learning so much from this. I love when I bring people <laughs> on that I'm learning from. Um, I'm thinking, okay, how can I, that is my like writing ritual. How can I come up with other rituals where like I tuck that has this per- perfect little space that it goes into under my bed? How, what else can I tuck away
0: that I currently have out everywhere? Mm -hmm. And I think like moving from talking about really small spaces to, you know, the medium to large office that you're now inhabiting and working in for your space that you're in, I would say doing a nice little purge because there's always stuff that doesn't need to be. In your space get those batteries out of there you know if there's if there's things that you're not using you don't love it you don't need it and it would feel good to get it out like using the the four steps and just going through and always minimizing first but then when you have a bit more space to play with like think about zones in your office so like where and use tape to start with even on the shelves but label, like, where do things go? So when you're done with them, they have a home. And it's just like, honestly, it's like Montessori schools. It's just like, we're, you know, we're going back to things that we learned and were taught when we were very young, that it's like, when I'm done, I put this away. And honestly, it can be that simple. But if you don't know where something goes, then it stays out. Obviously, I would do the exact same thing. So This works all over your home, but especially talking about your office, the, you know, your, you could have it in zones with like writing, um, coursework. What, what would be some, I'm going to ask you, what would be some zones in your, in your office that um, might give the listeners some ideas Well, I think it's interesting you talked about zones because
1: I can't write in my office space. So I'm actually, you can kind of, for those who are watching on YouTube or Facebook, the video, I'm in a corner. So this little corner right here is my Mm -hmm. office. On the other side of the camera is a full garage so i have a corner in a garage ah. so it's a big space but mm-hmm. i would say i have one percent of this five percent of the whole big garage space the rest of it is my sister's office my sister's por- uh art studio the you know the refri- extra refrigerator and the washing machine and dryer and like clothes hung up everywhere so i have a couple questions out of that but my first thing is zone so i realized when i come into here this feels like work. It is very hard for me to write my creative projects, my novels and stuff here because Mm. it feels like work. I can write blog posts. I can write podcast scripts. I can write emails to clients. I can do all these things I have to do for work. That's writing, but my creative writing projects, this is too much work. Yeah. Everything feels work here. So what I started doing is creating that bed. Like I just do it in bed in the morning and how can I make my bed feel more? So I've put up, I've like really, the cleaning of my room has really been, how can I make this a place where I just wake up and write? Or I can right before I go to bed, come and write. And how can this be a creative space? And then also I have a little outdoor chair that I started being like, okay, cool. How can I get this one little chair we have outside be a creative space too? So it's interesting without calling them zones, Mm -hmm. I've started being like, okay, this is this is my creativity zone. And for all of this, I just need my computer. So I move my computer to the creativity zone or I bring my journal and my pens, my 30,000 pens that I have <laughs> to the creativity zone. Um, I guess not 30,000, but I might have like five different colored pens. that It yeah. started with one color and now it's five that I journal <laughs> in. And I'm not gonna stop my pen habit. That's just, I'm just gonna say that straight up. It's like the pens are organized. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, and so I think about like the way in which my journal I have organized different things in different ideas and different colors, and i use the colors for a system. I'm like, I love it, this idea of zones. How do I create? And this is what I tell people when they're trying to create the physical space in their life for writing. I think we think I want, and I do this myself, I want a whole cabin in the woods that is completely set up to be a writer. And don't get me wrong, like my goal one day is to create that retreat <laughs> for people where they can go, there's no Wi-Fi, it's perfectly set up for being a writer totally goals. However, the realisticness is the realisticness. I'm a writer. That's not a word. (laughs) The reality is that even if you could rent that for a day, a week, a month, a year, it's still limited. How can we create one little square bit? And so for me, that's, I always have tea and I always have a bit of nature. And then when I know I sit down tea and nature and I do this like quick breathing exercise. And then I'd go and write. Like for me, that's it. So I wonder, I I love this idea of zones. So I'm like, okay, creative zone. I wonder if listeners could do something like I've done is a bed, a chair, a place in your house, a particular type of tea, a particular Mm. view, like where in your house could you change locations? Even just like, even if you have to move to like the kitchen counter, like Mm. you did, where can you change a location? So you're telling yourself, Location wise, this is my creative space. And then you don't like, I don't go outside. I don't do anything else in my bed, but read or write my own books. Like, that's it. I don't do anything else on this outdoor chair, but read or write my own books and read other people's books or write my own books. So I wonder, I'm not sure the answer yet, but I love this idea of calling it a zone and really being conscious and protecting. I, I mean, I really, really like this idea of more tape. I love like taping yeah. out places that you're talking about, like zoning yep. out, taping out where things go. Because I think honestly, there's a reason you teach a kid to put a thing back exactly where it goes back, right? Mm-hmm. And now I'm rambling, but I'm, I'm just loving this. Idea I love it. Zones <laughs> and of tape, especially yeah. <laughs> marking out zones or even like a sign, even if it's not a real sign, like like I, I moved pieces of nature Into near, I set up an altar near my next to my bed to my creativity to my right.
0: I moved a piece of nature by that chair. Like, how can you set up that zone? Yep. Well, and I think the beautiful thing about what you just talked about, dear listeners, if you notice this, but Lauren is so in tune with her intuition that she wasn't like, that's it. I'm going to sit down at this desk in this corner of this garage and I'm going to write my book no matter what. Like you really thought about what you needed, what you wanted, and you made something else happen. And I just think that that's really beautiful and deserves kudos. You know what I mean? Thank Cause that, and that's the thing, like we get Gold to make star. this up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I love that part of it. And then, yeah, like for the practical side of it, make it easy to put things away. You know, But also, don't make your zones until you've done a purge and a declutter, because it makes everything so much easier. So it's doing things in the right order. And then it's just think, how can I make this easier on myself? How can I choose um, a project today that's going to be easy, like easy, easy, easy. We, we don't do things when we think it's too hard, but we actually have the power to make it easier, honestly.
1: I love that. Make it easy to put things away that I hadn't even thought about. Mm -hmm. I I thought like, make it easy to find it is keeping it out. Make it easy to put it away is not something I have thought about before. I love that idea. Making it easy to like, if it has a place to put it, you know, where to put it, make it easy Mm -hmm. to put it away. I keep thinking about like, these batteries are not away because I don't even know where to start in recycling batteries and like Google, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> but how could I create a spreadsheet even like, okay, you got this or like, how can I find something? I think about the recycling, the things that they send you for up on the wall. Like how can I make it easy to put away the things that I have in my life? Cause mm-hmm. it's easy to find them now that they're out. And so maybe yeah. I was asking the wrong question. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Make it easy to put it away. Yeah. So I have a question that I'm sure a lot of my listeners are going to have as well. And what if you're stuck with living with somebody who like, how do you deal with other people? My sister is a collector of things. She's tried to purge. She purges a lot, but she holds on to things in a way that I don't. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of what is in my space, including the batteries is something shared with her or something that she brought in or something in her home. How do you deal with, like, how do you set those boundaries? How do you talk to other people? How do you deal with this? If you guys have different ideas of what should stay and what should go.
0: Well, I'll follow that up with um, a funny story of where I did it totally wrong.
1: <laughs> I love that.
0: Learn from our mistakes, <laughs> With my right? husband. Yeah. So when we were downsizing, um, I didn't ask him, but he, he had gotten as a present a, um, a garlic press. And we had an ice cream scoop and I was just like, in my head, I was like, we're, we're going like, we went hardcore downsizing at that time. So I was like, we don't need this ice cream scoop. It's cluttering up the drawer. I'm not that, I'm not quite like that anymore. But anyways, I donated both of those things without asking him and it's four or five years later and I'll never live it down. And I don't blame him truly. Like it was super disrespectful that I did that. Um, so my advice when you're dealing with other people, one is always start with your own stuff. It can be really easy to look around and be like, oh, but they have this and they have that. And if only they, 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 but unless you have touched every single thing that you specifically own, you have more work to do. So truly like start there. And then that leads into the, the follow-up on that, which is as you lead by example, generally your people will come with you. And it can be a long journey, um, but it's definitely worth it. You can't force people to change. The best thing that you can hope for is that they see the joy that you're creating in your life and they want a taste of it too. And they're like, oh, that actually doesn't look so bad. I'm going to give it a shot. And then in the conversations and the boundaries is really standard things like using eye language and not saying, you know, you did this and, you know, which I also still have to work on, but that's. That's my best piece of advice for that. Keep it respectful and, and like eyes on your own prize because uh, until that's completely done, it's just not your business yet. Even though it feels, I, I totally get it. It feels like it, right? you're living in it. So I think that
1: that's a really great place to ask our last question is that, do you have any last minute tips for people who are trying to create a clear space For their writing in their life.
0: The most common question is, where do I start? And I'll just always say, start anywhere, start small, start easy, pick something, take care of it. And then you move on, be patient with yourself, work on the belief that you can do it. If this is something that you really want, you know, garner up the motivation and the belief in yourself that you are capable of making great change in your life, because we all are. And just keep with it. It won't happen overnight. I don't think it has to happen overnight. And don't let anybody else's version of perfection stop you and paralyze you from taking any action. Like if, you know, you can make change in your life starting today, like as soon as this podcast episode is done, you could go and make positive change in your life. Oh, I believe in you. <laughs> I'm going to get those batteries recycled. Yeah.
1: You just watch it email you tomorrow. I'll be like, I found a place for the battery recycling. Yes. And actually, I don't. That wasn't my last question. I have one more that I would just love to know. Like, What is the best thing that has come from decluttering
0: your space? Mm. I'm much more confident. And honestly, it's taken me on a really deep journey of self-discovery. I've learned so much about myself. I'm more honest with myself. I'm healing on levels that I didn't realize were possible because I have the confidence to do this work now. And for me, when my life was cluttered, it really dragged down my confidence. Like I knew I could do more and I just always felt held, held back by my space. And now I feel freed by it. So
1: I love that. That is a beautiful, beautiful place to end our wonderful interview that I have so many notes on for myself and for my clients to help them out. Um, Just one last question. And that is if people want to hear from you more and learn more about your expertise or even maybe even hire you, where can we find you?
0: Yes. So I am at clearyourlife.ca and I'm at clearyourlife on Instagram. And if you go to clearyourlife.ca slash guide, you can get a more in-depth booklet of what I was talking about with my four step system. And then you'll be on the email list and you'll get lots of little motivational. I just I'm in your inbox to make you feel good, truly. So like you ever need to open up your email and be like, I'm so glad I opened this email, those are the kind that I sent. I love so. that.
1: I'm in your inbox to make you feel good. Heck yes. yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So I I'm in your I'm on your mailing list now. So I'm excited Yay. to feel good in my inbox. So Yay. thank you again. And everybody listening will have those links in the show notes. So you can just go and click them and find out more about Jen. Thank you again for coming on. This was such a yes. great, the super inspiring and really great. This is going to be our first of 2021. So I'm really glad to start the wow. season one, season yes. two with the idea of decluttering and creating the space in our lives for creativity. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you again for coming oh. on. Thank you so much, Monard. Have a great day and I'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Our first book recommendation of 2021 is one of the best books that i read in 2020. And that is The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by B.E. Schwab. And if you haven't read anything by V.E. Schwab yet, I highly suggest reading the Darker Shade of Magic series. It is beyond amazing. V.E. Schwab is such a wonderful writer. And The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue is no exception. I love hearing the story behind this book because uh, V. E. Schwab said that it was like 20 years, I think, in the making or 10 years or some I read a long amount of years in the making where this character of Addie LaRue just kept floating in and out of her brain. And I love... The way that the floating in and out of her brain throughout her life played into the storyline of Addie LaRue. So the basic idea is that Addie is somebody who she wants immortality and she's granted it. She makes a deal with the devil. Um, they don't really call it the devil but it's some dark mysterious old god comes and grants Addie immortality but nobody can remember her. If they like leave a room and come back, they don't know who she is. If they fall asleep and come back, they don't know who she is. And so she is immortal, but not remembered, which is such an interesting concept to me. And the way in which V.E. Schwab connects Addie's life through the years and brings us with her and has us meet these people with her and has us live an immortal but forgetted, forgotten, forgettable life. It's both tragic and exciting, thrilling and depressing. It takes you on a roller coaster of emotions and the ending, you all, the ending. It's, it's, yeah, I can't even I can't talk about the ending because I don't want to give it away, but it's so beautiful and meta and brilliant and smart. And it just proves why V. Schwab is one of the best writers that we currently have alive in the fantasy genre. It is just a beautiful, beautiful book. I highly suggest it. It is, I think, kind of like middle, middle, um, like middle adult or new adult. I think they're called. You know, I would say it's probably set for somebody in their 20s, but I'm 38 and loved reading it. So. I highly, highly suggest The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. It's one of the better books that I, have read, that I read in 2020, and I'm super excited that it's our first book recommendation for 2021. There is a link to purchase it from an independent bookstore near you. You can find one in our bio, and if you want to listen to it on audiobook, it's also an amazing audiobook, You can I highly suggest using Libro.fm. They're an independent way to support independent bookstores while buying um, books. It is much better than buying off of Amazon or Audible support local bookstores, support writers, and buy your books through Libro.fm or through IndieBound. And we have links to both in the show notes. So enjoy The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab. And let me know, ping me on Instagram at School for Writers, and let me know if you loved this book as much as I did, because it is amazing. Would you like to have your book recommendation out here? Do you have a book that you just love and want to tell the world about? Send us a DM at School for Writers on Instagram and we will tell you how to record your own book recording so we can have your book recommendation on the podcast during season two. You just finished another episode of the School for Writers podcast. Woohoo! Go you! Did you know that we're more than just a podcast? School for Writers is a full-service support team helping you to get your story out into the world. Here are three ways you can get even more writerly inspiration and education. Number one, subscribe. It's so easy. All you got to do is click that little subscribe button down below wherever you listen or watch the School for Writers podcast. That not only guarantees that you don't miss another episode, but it also helps support our continuation of this show. Number two, You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Pinterest at School for Writers. Every day we post helpful tips and tools like journaling prompts, reading recommendations, and live interviews with inspiring experts. Number three, visit schoolforwriters.com, where you can check out past episodes, join a writing program, and get even more tips, tools, and inspiration to support your writing life. While you're there, be sure to sign up for our Write More Challenge, a 10-day program to help you jumpstart your writing routine. Thanks again for supporting School for Writers. We'll see you next episode. School for Writers is produced by me, Lauren Marie Fleming, with editing and support from Samantha Olivares. All rights reserved by Las Maestras LLC. Our music is De Lejos by Ila Bamba. Check them out on Spotify. Big thanks to the team at Terrorbird and big thanks to Kristen Hulbeck. And of course, a massive thank you to you, the listener. Now put down this podcast already and go right. I'll see you in the next episode.